All right, welcome back to the SYP Podcast. Uh, my name is Anna Knotten, Big E, Ian to some. Uh, pleased to be joined by SYP creator uh, Scotty K. Scott, how art thou? Thou art good. Um, yeah, I'm good. Just living, working, you know, typical Monday. Rainy, really rainy morning. Start, kind of was nice in the afternoon. So, yeah, you got to love it. Um, we hung out this weekend, Scott and I. I think this has been uh, two weeks since we did our last pod because Ian is still trying to get his personal life squared away. So, you know, I'll have more info on that when that becomes uh, available. But we, Scott and I hung out this weekend. Uh, we were with our boys, Jevin and Brandon. Uh, the left, well, Jevin of Left Side Heavy, Brandon's Brandon. Uh, and uh, we were at the, what was the name of that simulator? It was like the JY Golf something something like that it was golf simulators in port coquitlam good experience and very cheap all things like kind of like criminally cheap actually i don't know if they charged us properly but you know you're not gonna say no i don't think they did but i'm not complaining either it was no and i mean uh we we did uh nine holes of what what, was it was a pebble no Tory Pines. Tory Pines. We did nine holes of Tory Pines. Um, your boy shot 20 over on nine holes. So it was a pretty realistic simulator. Um, Scott was uh, 13 over, I think you finished. Yeah, that wasn't very realistic. Um, no, I thought it was completely I think, well, part of the issue with that is that I accidentally, instead of hitting like a re-hit, I accidentally hit my pickup. So it it was like... And that was on your first shot. That was off your like tee shot. That was off my tee shot. Yeah. So I accidentally hit pick up, and it ended up that hole was a twelve for me instead of being like six or like five or whatever. Yeah. So that didn't help my score, but it it was you know it wasn't realistic, but it was still fun. It was good, really good considering the weather outside and how shitty it was. So. Yeah, we got like two hours of like Torrey Pines, California weather, and then we went out and it was pissing rain. Because it has been for like the last six months, it feels like here in uh, in the Lower Mainland, yeah, yeah. Has been so, like so we got a big, we had a big weekend uh, of sports, Game Sevens. Um, but I think we should start with the story everybody's talked about: the Manners losing to the Blue Jays tonight, six-one uh, in Toronto. No, you know what? That got like a that got a little bit of reaction. I'll take that. Um, We'll, we'll start with, I, I think we should start with the Flames. I think because you want to, you want to do what we did last, last pod where we just rank the upcoming series again. Second, second round play. I like it. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we'll, we'll start with a bit of a recap of the weekend. Um, the Hurricanes just dominated the Bruins. Um, the Leafs in the, and Lightning. In the game, yes. In the series, no. But no, we'll in that in the game on Saturday. <clears throat> yeah. Hurricanes dominated. Leafs Lightning played a pretty fun game, like pretty entertaining game, more or less. Yeah, more or less, yeah. Uh, the Oilers and the Kings played a game that I do not remember anything from. I watched that game from start to finish. Do not remember a single thing outside of McDavid scoring in that game. Cody Cece scored allegedly. Sure. Yeah. Um Game two, game sevens on Sunday, including the Rangers overtime win. Uh, RIP Pittsburgh. They probably should have won that series. 
considering how bad Shesterkin played in the first in game two, three, and four, yeah, they probably should have lost, but they didn't. And good for the Rangers for coming back from 3-1. It's not easy to do against Crosby and the Penguins, even though Crosby was hurt in game six. And I they, they surely missed him in that. And I think had Jari been there for the full series. We're probably talking about a different outcome. It could have been the same. It just would have looked different. I, I don't know. Um, it is hard. It is tough when you're playing your third, your third string goalie against a Rangers team. That's pretty good. Yeah. And like make you pay offensively with three really, really good lines. And then, and then also to conclude Sunday night, the, uh, Calgary Flames beat Jake Ottinger. He didn't have a team in front of him. It was just Jake Ottinger. Um, yeah. I got to say, that was one of the the best games of the year to date, in all honesty, playoffs or regular season. That was 100% up there. Now we have a lot of playoffs left, don't get me wrong. But that one, I'll remember that game for a long time, even though I'm not a direct fan of either of those teams. This is what's great about being like being a fan of a team not in the playoffs and watching the playoffs. Is yeah. you, you're just rooting um, kind of like for, a sicko for two teams to just go head to head with fan bases of either team who are screaming, crying, and throwing up watching their team in a game seven. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, People have breakdowns mid game or whatnot. Yeah, it's yeah, no, I'm with you for sure. The flame, the flames, uh, are moving on to the second round. They get to play the Edmonton Oilers. The other Western series is Colorado St. Louis. Two East series we have the Rangers and the Hurricanes, and the Battle of Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida. Scott, I, I know we're going to do this rankings here. I feel like one thing we should discuss though before the second round, is the Maple Leafs. Because I know we talk about the Maple Leafs a lot. Yep. They are a, 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 they are a thing, a team that people are talking about. As they should be, fair enough. There's, and it's, you know, it's funny. There's, there's two ways to look at it. Like, of all of the years to lose in the first round, this was probably the year to lose in the first round against Defending Cup champs, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are still a juggernaut even though they were the third seed in their own division. Yeah, they could have gone either way. It really could have gone either way. Can I say, I think you're right about looking at it from two different viewpoints. Because I was thinking about this today. I think you can look at this Maple Leaf loss, the series loss, from both a macro level and a micro level. Sure. The macro level is they've lost in the first round in the last six years. Yeah. They've lost they've lost a winner take all game in the last five years in the five first years. round, which I think yeah. even the models say like have like a a, a zero point whatever chance like a zero point two percent chance of happening. Like what the Leafs have done is like a a a, a minor miracle statistically. The odds it's of that un- happening. It's unprecedented without a doubt. Yeah. It's unprecedented. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I and I know people are gonna want to look at it from that viewpoint of this team continues to lose in the first round again and again, time and again, they find a way to to blow it, to mess up. Right. 
But I think how I view this Maple Leafs loss, the series loss to Tampa Bay, I think I view it more at the micro level of just from this season, how this year went from the team. Yeah. Where this is the greatest Leafs team of my generation, greatest Leafs team I've ever seen, most talented Leafs team. They basically lost to the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in game seven by one goal. Yeah. Like, this is the most competitive that they've been in any first-round series. Oh, I agree with that for sure. This was the most competitive. This was the most well-balanced. This was the most stacked team, dare I say, from top to bottom. That we've sure. seen with the, that we've seen with the Leafs, and if it was any other team, if it was any other team losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games at home, two one, we're probably not going hard into the uh, diagnostics of what's wrong and how do you fix it and how do you improve upon it. Yeah. But because it's Toronto, we have to overanalyze it and discuss it to great lengths. I'm curious to see how the Leafs go about this. If they decided to look at the macro level of this has been six years of this, we need a change. We need to do something different. Or if they look at it at the micro level of we're two goals away from like, we're, we're 20 minutes, two goals away from making it to the next round. Well, even that too, is that they had a chance. And I, I said this to someone a couple earlier today, um, like they had a chance to beat, the lightning at home in game six and they didn't do it. And that's, that was the, I think that was the killer Tampa Bay in game sevens is absolute dynamite, especially in the last two years. And after, I mean, obviously after a loss there, they're what, like 17 and zero in the last yeah. two years. Vazzy hasn't lost. Vazzy hasn't lost back to back games in two years. That's also unbelievable. That stat that's just goes to show you how, resilient the lightning are and how well coached and the leadership group that is there in Tampa Bay and Toronto just doesn't have that quite yet. And they almost remind me of the capitals in a way, this great, great, great regular season team with a great, you know, art what Matthews, again, he's very young could be at this Marcel Dion, like in this top 10 all time scoring when it's all said and done, when his career is wrapped up in who knows what year, but again, you know, with that in mind, like Ovechkin took a long time to get over the hump. Yeah, they got to the second round, but they never got past the second round until they won the cup. That was 13 years into Ovi's career. And he, you know, he stuck with it, stuck with the Capitals. Like guys just got to go through it. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen overnight. And even we're seeing that with McDavid now is that now they've gotten past the first round, you know, first time in a couple of years, they've had some, shit that's happened but again back to the Leafs here it sucks it's painful and again they haven't won a cup in years years and years and years and oh I don't know what you do Toronto I think I I think if I'm Kyle Dubas and people say I look like Kyle Dubas you are Kyle Dubas I am Kyle Dubas so I I should I I, here's what I would do here's what I would do if if I'm Kyle Dubas I think you can make the argument that it's tough to win in the playoffs. Sure. Like, I think, I think it's really, I, I, we had this argument on a podcast not that long ago about how it's easy to make the playoffs. Like, you have to be one of the top 16 teams. It's not right. that hard to make the playoffs. It's hard to win in the playoffs. 
and it's Ooh. hard and it's hard when you're going up against this, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that's something that's not being talked about enough. And maybe it's because we view the Lightning differently as a team that doesn't win rounds, they win cups. Yeah. And, and maybe that's why we don't talk about the Lightning enough and how talented they are and how ridiculously loaded they are as a team. Yeah. And year after year, too, they've had, again, their core is pretty well stayed intact. Mm-hmm. But it, their, their role players, their third line, their fourth line, some of their bottom D pairs that have changed a lot. And they've somehow managed to still keep a solid fourth line and get these guys on bargain deals. And like someone like Ross Colton has been so good. And again, not to mention, you know, Corey Perry, but he's been very effective in his role. Pat Maroon, again, is going for his fourth cup in a row. And it's, yeah. It's you can't again, you can't knock them until they get knocked down, right? You gotta, you kind of, it's kind of a safe bet to pick on Tampa Bay because they've, they've done it twice. What's stopping them from doing it again? Well, we'll see. We'll see about, again, they, they beat one of the top six teams in the first round and a very, very good Leafs team who were built maybe not to beat Tampa Bay, but at least get past the first round. They're a good enough team to get past the first round. And they yeah. just didn't. So yeah. Um, I I I can't argue with any of that. It's so. it's really tough not to like Tampa. They played a hell of a series. And Absolutely. even even with the loss of, of point, I don't know how long he's possibly gonna be out for. Um sure. uh who who is it Kucherov too, who was also nursing a bit of an injury near the end. They like even even team even still they were quite resilient. They they did not give up. They they kept fighting until the very end, and it worked. They they're on to the next round to get to play Florida. Yeah. So, with that being said, let's rank these second round playoff at playoff matchups in terms of do we do watchability or intrigue? How do we how do we do? Uh, Entertainment value. Let's go entertain. Well, those are I mean, all kind we, we, of interchangeable in a way, but they're, they're yeah, basically let's... a mixture of like all three of like watchability, entertaining, intrigue. Sure. I, I think it's sure. a mixture of everything. How are we going to rank these second? We're going to do a draft, rank these second round playoff matchups. I'll let you have the first pick because I think we know what the first, I think we know what the first two picks are. Yeah, I, they're pretty safe. Um, Edmonton, Calgary, the Battle of Alberta is most obviously the most intriguing entertainment value, um, exciting series to watch. There's as, as I mean, I mean, we are Canadian podcasters, so there's a little bit of bias there. Um, we, we've been, we've been to Alberta. We've, we've traveled to Alberta. Like we, we, we we're, 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 um, dare I say friend, we have, we we have Oilers and Flames friends, but literally, literally both of our dads are Oilers fans. For those that are Oilers know. fans, yeah. My my roommate this year was an Oilers fan. Um, one of my good buddies is a Flames fan. A lot of guys in the hockey league that I play in are Flames fans. Um, it's yeah, very. It's it's gonna be. Oh, this is kind of a dream situation for the NHL, and I know they're both you know Canadian teams and Batman promoting the American market all that shit whatever the fact the fact of the matter is there's a battle of alberta in the playoffs first time since 90 91 so first time in 
many of our lifetimes, if you are not the age of 30, 30 year olds and younger, first time ever seeing it in person, it's going to be nuts. And if you're There's 30 years old, and if you're 30 years and older and you're listening to this podcast, thank you. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Wasn't and, expecting that. And we're we're really happy you get to witness another battle of Alberta because it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. It's it, it, it's cool. But I'm watching every game of that series. I don't care how late I have to stay up. Like I will watch that game till the end because that's that is kind like my ducks are gone. This is kind of this like as soon as this was a possibility, I was like, okay, this better happen for the league's sake, and it has, which is awesome. Um, are you are do you have a, a, a rooting interest one way or the other? No, I want this okay. kid to go seven ser- seven games, and I want these guys to. Beat the brakes, beat the brakes off each other. More or less, yeah, but not too much so that one of them, whoever wins, doesn't. I don't care who wins, will still beat Colorado. That's kind of my wish. Well, that's, that's assuming Colorado makes the next round. There you go. So, exactly. So, so I think with this series, um, you know, you and I have kind of talked about it a little bit, like potentially leading up to it, where, you know. The, the the flames are the better team. I think the flame. I think the flames are the more balanced, more well-rounded. When you say it like that, yes, that's like, how I. That's how I view that. But here's the thing. I I know I just said all. I know I just said that. Where like they're more balanced, they're more well-rounded. I think they're the better team, like skill-wise, like, but. With more talented players, but overall they're a better team. Yes, but But it's not by much. But you are going up against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you're going up against the best player in the league right now. Yep, arguably, yeah, and probably the fourth best player in the league right now on the same team. Yeah, there's an argument to be made, and. One of the, dare I say, hottest goalies in the NHL. I mean, if you Sounds told me to about a forty-one-year-old, but if you told me six true. months ago that Mike Smith was going to get a shutout in Game Seven, I would have been like, "You're fucking joking." I wouldn't have believed it either. But here we are. This is the playoffs. Third-string goalies have been good somehow. Mike Smith, not a third-string goalie. But he's been good. We've seen some epic, as we usually do in the playoffs, we've seen some epic goaltending performances. And Mike Smith, like you said, shut out in game seven. He had another shutout. I think it was game four. Game four or game game, four, game two. Or three. I think it was game two. It was three. It was game three because it was six, eight, two. Yeah, was, that's right. Yeah. So again, he had, he's had two shutouts against LA. It's impressive. It is impressive. And the Oilers squeaked it out, won, won the series, which is good. As they, as they should, they should have made it, they should have made it past the first round. They should have beat the Kings. They did. Here we are again. McDavid, let's he's a god. He's an absolute god, and he put his team on his back in Game Seven with help from Mike Smith. And they're, here they are in the second round. It's your and to your point about the, the Flames being balanced. You're right. They are. They are a balanced team. Their defense core, arguably better. Their goaltender, arguably better. Forward groups, very interesting because sure, the Flames have better depth, but so do the Oilers. 
and the Oilers have overall better players. Like if you go one to one, McDavid to Lindholm, for example, McDavid wins that. Drysaddle to Kachuk, for example. If you go down the list, one through twelve or one through thirteen or whatever, three or forwards, the Oilers win most of those battles. But so then the so then the question becomes. Let's go. Let's go through each team how they win and why. Sure. The Oilers win this series with probably McDavid and Drysaddle. Actually, throw in McDavid and Drysaddle scoring most of the goals. Kane and Hyman scoring a few. Yeah. Mike Smith being good enough. The Oilers staying out of the penalty box. I mean, you could say this for both teams too, is that both teams, whoever stays out of the penalty box the least. He's most likely to win. This is this is like the most. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like it's the it's saying don't take dumb penalties, stay disciplined in a battle of Alberta series. Yeah, it's like the it's like a fucking antithesis of what this series is going to be because. I, I, or at least I'm hoping, fingers crossed, this series is just going to be an absolute bloodbath, and you know there'll be felonies taken on one on each side. Um, but I know what you mean of, of like both teams for the most part. Edmonton for sure. You got to stay. You can't be taking a super penalties. You can't be giving. You can't be giving your opponent special teams no. advantage, like man advantages. And more to this is that both these teams have excellent power plays. The Oilers especially, but the Flames kind of have a slept-on power play. And that's that's a problem, especially in the playoffs where the, you know, power plays and, you know, special teams opportunities are so important. And there's so much momentum swing out of even just a simple two-minute power play. That could change a game, could change a series even. And that's, again, to my point about the t- both teams got to stay out of the box. And that's Again, that's how, how the Oilers will win. That's how the Flames will win. Whoever's the least penalized will win the series. I like it's, And you're right. It's going to be hard, and the, the officiating will play a significant role in terms of what they let go and what they let, you know, what they have to call. And I'm very interested to see how that's actually going to happen. We'll see. The pathway for Calgary to win. A strong series from Markstrom, you would think. That's how they beat Dallas. Yeah. Um, uh, slow down the Oiler attack through the neutral zone. To, so, yeah. uh, drop their speed. It's, again, when the Oilers are flying and when you McDavid's got speed and he's got wheels, even like Kane, like Hyman can fly too. When these guys are flying through the neutral zone, it's kind of hard to stop. And the, the Flames defense isn't all that quick. They're they're fine. They make do, but they, they play such a heavy, dense game that when it does get into this run and gun flowy type of offensive track meet, if you will, the Oilers are going to win that every time, as long as Mike Smith holds his own. And so far in the regular season playoffs, he has. So again, I talked, kind of talked about that's how the Oilers might win is they keep it a track, but if the flames can slow down and make it, make it a slow and ugly and boring series, that's how they're going to win. And to your point, Chris Tanev, I don't know what the health is on Tanev. Um, Unsure, but Michael Stone has been good. Stone has been... He's Stone been good. Been, yeah. He scored in game six, 
I believe it was uh, to help the Flames there. The, the Here's the thing. I just think your best guys have to be your best guys right now. I know that's a cliche as well, but you got this far. If you're Calgary, you got this far with Goudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm. You need Kachuk, Lindholm, and Goudreau to be your best players to win oh, this absolutely. series. Absolutely, yeah. Without a doubt. And I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, I'm curious to see what the matchups are. Who 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 do you, who does Edmonton throw out there defensively to shut down that line? I'm guessing Nurse and whoever. Um, but I mean that like that's just it. And, and obviously, it goes with Edmonton too. Yeah, you your top guys have to be your top guys. That's McDavid, Drysital, yeah. Kane, and Hyman have stepped up. Yeah, you know, Archibald. Archibald has been really good. Archibald has been uh, noticeable. Yeah. yeah. Yamamoto, that, again, in the later part of that Oiler Los Angeles series, uh, Yamamoto playing with Drysaddle McDavid was huge. And again, doesn't really get all the credit, all the attention, but he play, does his job, you know, does hard on the forecheck, gets the pucks out for the boy, the big boys to do their thing and put the puck in the net. And yeah, like a, again, a key piece and, Hopefully, Puyarvi can have a big bounce back series because again, the to be the Flames, the Oilers are going to need everyone. The Yamamoto, I want to. I'm glad you mentioned him. That dude was banging bodies, like yeah. in the series oh, yeah. in, oh, against yeah. LA. He 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 was not afraid to throw his weight around. Like you know, I'm taller than Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah, but that dude was not afraid to throw his body around. I think and, there was a game. It was either game five or six where he he sat for pretty well a whole period. Or it might have been like 10, 15 minutes of a period. And normally he's playing first, second line, right? So to him, this is like, okay, this is a wake-up call. And you you saw him after that that stretch of time, he came out like a rocket. And he yeah. was running everyone over and really hard on the forecheck, doing doing the ugly things to get his game going, get team going. And like again, to that point, like you need everyone. And Yamamoto's no exception. If he, if he's gonna be like that, look out. Look Who's out. your pick and why? Oh, either way I go, I'm gonna upset people here. But um, it's going seven games. I don't think there's any. Well, there is a way it could be less, but it's not likely. If it's gonna be less than seven, I think the Flames are winning it. I think it's the other way, but. Um, I think it's the other way. I think the Oilers, if the Oilers win, it's going to be in six. If the Flames win, it's going to be seven. I'm going to say, oh, God. I'm going to say Calgary in seven games because they do have home ice advantage, which is going to be huge in this series. Um, and the Cal- oh, that Calgary barn gets rocking when it's – and especially for these, these two weeks, it's going to be ballistic. So – I'm going to say Calgary in seven just because they have home ice advantage. That's it. That's the only reason why. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I know some people think I have an anti-Oilers bias. I don't. I don't have an anti-Oilers bias. I don't want the Oilers to lose. I'm just a Connor McDavid mental health advocate. Um, I want to make sure McDavid's, you know, doing well. He's the best player in the league. Um, you know, it, it, it's a shame that he has to play in Edmonton. And, you know, 
play in one of the smallest markets when he could be in LA or New York and just be an absolute star. With that all being said, I have the Oilers in seven games against the Calgary Flames. I think I said Calgary-St. Louis conference final. I can't bet against Connor McDavid. Here's the thing. This is a legacy series. This is a legacy series for Kachuk, for Goudreau, for Markstrom and Tant- for all those guys, right? For everyone, everyone involved. This, everyone this, involved. This is one of the. I can't. I, don't, I think we haven't stated this enough. This is the marquee playoff series of this playoffs. Doesn't matter who plays in the Stanley Cup final. This is the series that we have been waiting for for thirty-one or twenty, yeah, thirty-one years. So, with that being said. If McDavid is the guy we all think he is, and the guy he's played like this entire, you know, throughout his entire career, he's gonna show up for yeah. this series. Is he ever? And I don't want to be the guy who goes against that. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy who bets against the Oilers because of whatever reason. I want to be the guy who I'm not. And this isn't even a bet on the Oilers per se, because I think they do have a good team. I think this is more of a bet on Connor McDavid. And dry saddle, but mostly McDavid. That McDavid will be the guy yep. who is not losing to the Calgary Flames in the second round. Yeah. It's, who, it just it feels again. Because oh. because here's the thing for I think for these two teams, this is their Stanley Cup final. This is <laughs> if they don't win the cup, this is their second best. You know. Yeah. Fair I, enough. I know. I know, I know we were talking about this yesterday, and I want to throw this the hot take out that I had yesterday for you later that I'm workshopping. But I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be the guy who bets against McDavid. I don't want to be the guy who goes against him. Yeah. This, this series really could go either way. I hate, to, I hate to pick the Flames over the Oilers, and I hate to pick the Oilers over the Flames. Like, it's just there's, – there's no right answer. Like, either team – literally either team could win. And because it's a battle of Alberta, even if the Flames were significantly a better team or the Oilers were significantly better, it doesn't mean they have a, a, that much better chance. Like – it's can't state it enough. This is the most important series of these playoffs. It's going to be really, really special. Okay, so we spent a bunch of time talking about Calgary and Edmonton, rightfully so. I'm going to give the we, we could probably, I'm uh, not Zoom, but we'll, we'll get through these other series probably much faster. Uh, let's do this the second best series in the second round. It's the Battle of Florida, uh, it's yeah. Tampa Bay and, and Florida. Um, this is a rematch of the first round series last year in the, not the weird, but the different 2021 playoff season. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know what else is, there is to say, except that these are probably two of the five best teams in the NHL. Yeah, they, they going, are. Yeah. Going head to head. They're all really talented. They're both really talented, loaded from top to bottom. Um, I have a bit of an issue picking one or the other, kind of like you and I with Calgary Edmonton. It's a bit tough to pick one of these teams to advance. But what are you what are you looking forward to the most in this series? Again, people don't. Again, maybe it's because it's a Florida based rivalry. These two teams don't like each other. They don't. That's just how it is. They're both really good teams. They're both. Lo- they have both lo- they both have loaded forward groups 
they've both got again Hedman's probably better than Ekblad, but they both have elite defensemen on their team and an overall really good defense group. And they've got good well Vasilevsky's the brick wall, obviously, but great goaltending again, both in Florida and Tampa Bay. To your point, this is kind of like the Calgary Edmonton. It's going to be who stays out of the box the least. Because again, this is another situation where both these power plays are kind of really good. And Florida's got two, two really solid units. Tampa Bay's got their one like out of this world power play unit. But like, I don't know. Like, who do you pick? That's kind of it's it's gonna it's probably gonna go seven games as well. And if it's less, I'll be shocked. And or there'll have to be some sort of significant injury to derail something. Like uh if a Kucherov is out long term or a Barkov isn't gonna play all series kind of thing. If that happens, not that it will. Um, that'll play a huge role. And Hopefully it doesn't happen because I'd love to see seven games of this, these great series. This is going to be a great series as well. And um, again, very important in the playoffs picture because one of these teams is likely going to the cup final, but we'll see. Um, the key difference I, I think in this series compared to last year is Aaron Ekblad. I think that was a big, that, that that was the biggest storyline probably outside of the hockey was that there was no Aaron Ekblad and Aaron Ekblad, like you say, I don't, he's not quite, I don't think on the same tier as Hedman, but he's probably a a tier below. He's close. He's really close. Yeah. Like that's how good Aaron Ekblad is. Um, he, he, He will make an impact for Florida. He'll be somebody who, I don't know who probably Kucherov, but again, points out. I don't know who if they're gonna, you know, target anybody specifically on Tampa Bay, or they just have, you know, Ekblad playing 30 minutes and just being a shutdown guy, whoever. Yeah. No I mean that Ek, I will say that Ekblad Uyghur pair is one of the best pairs in the NHL. And Tampa Bay doesn't quite have the same just based on their pairings and the chemistry. Um it's and that Again, not that that'll play a significant difference, but again, you're going to probably see those two playing against, especially when Florida's at home, playing against Kucherov, Stamkos, and that and the Palat line, right? So, and again, with if if points in, then that again, here's the thing: Florida's defense is so good that I don't mind putting Gudis and Forsling against the point line. Again, the point line might eat them alive, but they also might not. So. And then your third pairing is Montour and Sherratt. And Sherratt yeah. was first pairing on last year's Stanley Cup final as Montreal. So the, the Florida D, the Florida D court, like that, that's just a mean group to play against. Like, oh, like there's, yeah. Like, like, like the, it's, it's not, it's maybe not the most talented group, but do you want to go up against Radko Gudis? Do you want to go up against Brandon Montour? Do you want to go up against Ben Sherratt? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to mess oh, with. And then, if you don't, like if you don't like them, you get Ekblad and Uyghur, who are yeah. two. Ekblad probably is an all. Oh, he's he is an all star, and Uyghur is like on the cusp of being that. He's very, very underrated. Yeah. People so enough credit for how good he is. And, and so that's that's one difference in this series. Yeah. The other 
different in, in intriguing thing is Bobrovsky, the resurgence of Bobrovsky. He's again not quite on the same level as Bassi is. Um, I, I, I again say what the next part thing, right? <laughs> exactly. So the goaltending, I mean, again, kudos to Spencer Knight last year for trying to make it interesting. But I mean, it, it's probably Tampa Bay probably has the advantage in goalie. The forward group is 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 pretty close. Carter Carter Verhage, it like was the leading scorer for Florida, wasn't he? In the first like, yeah. Carter Verhage was just really good, and he's like yeah. their fourth best forward, fifth best forward. Honestly, even less. Even like, less. You could argue he's probably their sixth best forward, behind Barkov, Hubert. Oh, yeah, Hubert or Barkov one and two. Giroux, Reinhardt, Duclair has been really good. Lundell. Lundell's been amazing. Like when you have Barkov and you have Barkov 2.0 on your third line, like this forward group is so good. And Reinhardt's here on your third, you know, Samurai second overall pick on your third line playing wing. And like, depending how you look at it, Hubert doesn't even play first. He's not even first line. Because, oh, and also let's not forget about Sam Bennett. I was just thinking about Sam Bennett too. I didn't want to interrupt you, but Sam Bennett is a is a you know contributing factor on this Panthers team, and he's a playoff player. As I, I watched a bit of that Florida Washington series, he's built for the playoffs, and I think he's been waiting for his opportunity to play significant minutes in the playoffs, and that's kind of what like again he when he was in Calgary, kind of a bust, not gonna lie, but as soon as he got to Florida, it took off. For whatever reason, however it worked out, maybe it just a change of scenery, fresh, fresh teammates, fresh arena, fresh whatever. Like, yeah, good for him. Good big resurgence from him. I've always been kind of a hopeful that he's he was going to turn it around. And sure you, enough, you, he did. You've always had Sam Bennett stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the question: Who wins and why? Oh kind of the same florida's gonna win in seven games home ice is gonna be very huge although it is florida they won't they 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 do have they get fans for the playoff games but still tampa's barn gets rocking um yeah florida's gonna win seven games i just think their four groups gonna be too much for that tampa defense to handle and now again grueling seven game series to start florida had some had a bump but they got through Washington fairly easily. And the the residual fatigue effect of Tampa Bay playing long into seasons for the last couple of years, I think it's going to catch up to them. It will catch up to them at some point, and I think it's going to be this series. I know what you mean. Like I, I feel like with the Lightning, there's going to be like a bit of a brain drain after going seven games with the Leafs. Yeah. And that, and- not, not no easy series there. Because they had to scrap and claw their way out of game six. And then they had to scrap and claw to win game seven. Like, when they like, were down, down on, you know, behind it, the it, gun. Right? It, yeah. it took two Nick Paul goals to get the Lightning to beat the Maple Leafs in game seven. Yeah. yeah. They battle hard. They're, they're, they're nasty, the Lightning. Are nasty both in terms of skill and the lightning don't give a shit about you. 
I, I've talked about this before. You have to have that. I don't, we don't give a shit about you or what you do or who you are yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. And they're I very battle tested and you, you can see it. They're just grizzled. Like all of them, even their, their younger guys, they're all grizzled, grizzled veterans. And just even but like K- Mikhail like- Sergachev, Mikhail Sergachev is a dude who is not afraid to just, you know, Nope. Get, Even get into Cal, shit. How foot again? His his dad was kind of the same way as he was, but still, you got to experience it. You got to do it, and he's doing it. He's bought in. Again, John Cooper is such a great coach, and every single player on that team's bought in, and that's why they've been so good the last few years. But again, Florida's so damn good, though, and they it's get this is gonna might be a track meet series. It might be depending on how the goalies play. It could be like six four every game, or it could be like a seven or seven five couple games here and there. Like it's not. I don't think it'll be a low scoring series unless both goalies stand on their head. Then we'll see. So you took the Panthers to win in seven. Yeah, but I'm not confident because again, you talked about it earlier. Don't don't bet against Tampa Bay because they've won the cup the last two years. I have. It's like don't bet against Connor McDavid. I have a really hard time picking florida and calgary because of the other factors involved with edmonton and tampa bay so it's funny you pick florida because i'm gonna pick tampa bay there you go i'm i'm, I'm gonna go with tampa and six. Ooh. I'm, i think the lightning are i don't even know if they're a better team but i think they'll find a way when there's a will there's a way they'll get it done they'll do it they have, and I'm just going to probably keep picking them until, you know, they don't do it. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, there's probably a brain drain coming. You both, you and I both said there's probably a fall off coming here yeah. in terms of just like exhorting all their energy. Yeah. With that being said, I, I just, I got to go with the lightning. Yeah. And that's nothing against Florida. I think they're a really talented team. They're really, they're really fun to watch. I'm going to go with the team I know in Tampa Bay Lightning. I like it. Not a good, so, good pick. So a good pick. And we got two series left in terms of yep. ranking for the second round. I think I know which one you're going to pick for the third pick, but I'm curious as to who you are actually going to pick. Scott, yeah. who do you have? So, again, based on the criteria, so entertainment value, um, intrigue, interest in the series, pure – league intrigue and importance of the series Colorado St. Louis is my next pick and and that's kind of that's what you thought too it's again this is a series where I don't know this like again this isn't to the level that battle of Alberta battle of Florida are but it's close because St. Louis is probably one of the three teams in this league that can beat Colorado in a seven-game series. And that's going to make this series very interesting. So Colorado is a fascinating team. Are they? And here's the thing. We have to talk about Colorado because they are the favorites. They are expected to win this series. They, They are the more talented team. They have the more star power on this team. We like to talk about stars. We like to talk about talented players. Yeah. I think they're – here's the thing. I, 
I think there's an argument to be made that jobs could be lost in Colorado if they lose this series. If we're talking, if we're talking about people in Toronto losing jobs for how good they were this year, yeah. and they lost, I think we can start talking about Jared Bednar, Joe Sackett, possibly losing jobs. If, and I don't want to see people lose jobs. I'm not saying yeah. they should, but I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, a, a lot of yeah questions, yeah, a lot and of I chaos think- if they don't if they don't win. Yeah, and to your point, I don't think this is a Joe Sackick issue. He has done far more than enough to provide a team that can win the Stanley Cup. They've got probably, would you say, the best defense core in the NHL? Yeah, probably. Arguably. It's like Florida might be up there, Tampa Bay maybe. I would still say Colorado is the best defense core. If you're building a D, like if you're going to build a D core, Colorado's yep. is probably and longevity wise too in yeah. terms of age of some of these players like I would say the avalanche win you could say they've got the most undervalued center top line center in the NHL Nathan McKinnon who's not even making seven million dollars you could argue that Nazem Kadri is still one of the most underrated second line centers in the league it's the best year of Kadri we're ever probably going to see. Like, it's a contract year, Nazem Kadri. I don't know if we're going to see a better year from him. You might as well take advantage of it while you can. While you can, yeah. And as long as the goaltending might be a question mark, but Kemper, as long as he's good. Good enough. Like we said with Mike Smith, is he good enough? Well, he, again, reminds me of the Corey Crawford thing. Like, Corey Crawford wasn't a star, star goalie. He was just good. He was a good starter, got the job done and stopped the pucks when he needed to, and his team off in front of him did the rest and did what they needed. And this, yeah, it's going to oh, – the Blues are in for in for a wild ride. If they can beat the Avs four to seven times, wow. This is going to throw this playoffs into an absolute blender if that happens. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, but – I would love it if it did. That would be one hell of a storyline in Colorado if they lose again in the second round with how good they are. With, with how good they are, um, like you say, the, the, the value they're getting, nobody gets – I don't know if anybody gets more value out of their team than the Avs do, like dollar for dollar. Nope. No one makes and, more than $10 million on that team. Ratnan's the highest at nine six. Makar's at nine. And then that's undervalued for him, in my opinion. McKinnon is, the- is absurdly below value at six five. Like this this is a team you 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 if you're Colorado, I don't know if you put all the cards on the table, but everything has led to this. Yeah. Two trading two second round picks for Devon Taves. It's a win in my books, by the way. Big, big win. Big win. Drafting and developing Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. Yeah. And let's not, hey, let's not forget about Alex Newhook here. This is, th- this is three years in a row that they, or maybe, yeah, it was in, within the three year period, they went McCarr and they took Newhook, or they took Byram in 19 and they took Newhook later that year. Like, unbelievable how they were able to do that you, you, you've drafted all these 
really talented players in the last few years. You you've developed them into ready now. You've had Kel, um, you've had Nate McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog for so long. Yeah. It's time. It's time if you're the Colorado Avalanche to do it. I think it's well not to state the obvious. It's Stanley Cup or bust for this team. And, and, and we've talked and, about it all year, though. We have talked about it all year. They are, they are, they should be the best team in the National Hockey League. They did not win the President's Trophy, but nope. they are pretty well in a way the best team in the NHL. And if you lose in the second round to the St. Louis Blues, there's going to be shit to pay. There's going to be a lot of question marks, and I'm curious to see how that goes. I know again, we don't. But, t- yeah. Here's the thing about St. Louis, though, is that they're a team that can do it. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to. Let's make that very clear. The Avalanche should win this series, but the Blues can beat them. And it's going to be a whole team effort. And that O'Reilly Perron line is going to give McKinnon, Ratnan, Lannis Gog absolute fits. And they're not going to get anything going. And guys like Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, kind of like, a little bit of slept on players. Kyrie won the fastest skater this year, but he's still a slept on player. I've, They're gonna I've put some, some dirty I've, stuff in this round. I was gonna say I've been the biggest blue stand, I think, this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like their goaltending. As much as people like to shit on Bennington, Bennington's getting hot at the right time. I think their defense is pretty solid. Yeah. Not the it's a it's a it's a good not great decor that can do a lot of things well. Yep, agreed. And they're the thing with the Blues is that they're a heavy team, and they're physical. And the Avalanche are close, but they're just not quite at that level physically, and that might cause issues, especially if the Blues can find a way to slow down the Avalanche. St. Louis is the St. Louis. And St. Louis and Calgary for myself are the textbook definition. I say this a lot. I'm a broken record. The we do not give a shit about you. We do not care who you are and what you do. We are just going to beat. We, we're going to beat the shit out of you. We're going to beat you. Have fun. Good again, luck. For, let's not forget a lot of this Blues team has won a cup. And the Avalanche have not. Sure, the Avs have, have, some, have some players that have done it. But most of this Blues team. They have, you know, Stanley Cup experience. They've been there before. They know what it takes. That's Get a team ready. that, that that's a team. again, in any other year, this could be the number one series in our ranking just because of how good this is going to be. Avalanche should win, but, you, you know, so, I mean, in the first round, we said Calgary would wipe the Stars. Edmonton would wipe the Kings. And that just didn't happen. This series could be the same. You just don't know. Who's your pick and why? Colorado and six. Um, all, you know, with all this Blues talk, the Avalanche are still the better team. And I think, to your point, you brought up, you said something really interesting. You said it's time. And I think this is their year. I really do. And I just think the way the Avalanche dismantled the Predators, albeit with a third-string goalie and some injuries. Yeah. You, Avalanche and six, they're so good. McKinnon's going to be on another level, and 
<clears throat> I know I picked Calgary, but it would be really cool to see McKinnon McDavid in the third round. It's now or never for the Avs. It, you, if, the, 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 I wouldn't say it, never. It, because... it, it feels like it feels like what I said about the Capitals, and I was wrong about the Capitals in 2018 when I or 2718 when I said if they were going to do it, they would have already done it. Already done it, yeah. And that's kind of how I'm feeling if Colorado doesn't do it this year, right? With this core. But, you know, like you say, they're the the better team. They're their team, but I don't mind the now or never, but they're still young and they still, a a lot of their players are locked up for a couple years here. So we'll see. I've been riding the blues all year. I've been standing the blues. I I, got to take them. I think the blues are going to beat the avalanche in six games. I really, I just think the Blues play that playoff hockey that we like. Wow. I don't, I don't. It, it's it's a playoff thing that I think you just have it. You know what I mean? Like I think you just yeah. know yeah. how to win and how to win and play. And it, it sounds stupid. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but I think it's. You're, I think you're either a playoff team or you're not, and the Blues are. And the Blues are. It's yeah. why it's why Toronto yeah. fail. It's why Toronto fails in the first round. I mean, it's it's why the Oilers have struggled in most years. It's why the Penguins were so good for so many years was because the Penguin even this even the fact that the Penguins got to seven games, got to the first round with nobodies. They just they have that thing in them yeah. and that team that just gets them to be successful and I think the blues have it and I don't know that Colorado does and that's why I think the blues will win in six games fair enough yeah I I don't know I don't know how to describe it's a very hot take but I like that we're picking these different teams every pick so far we've picked different which is again it's it's this weird thing of like I don't know how to explain it I don't know it's just but it's that playoff thing that 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 I know, I, know, I know what you're trying to say. I gotcha. So let's talk about this last series then. Um, yep. Rangers, Carolina, which it's a rematch of the 2020 qualifying round yes. with, with uh, the Rangers in Carolina. Um, pretty, I want to say similar teams in the fact that a lot of, Play, not a lot, but a few players on the Hurricanes are Rangers, or a lot of players were former Rangers, like Brandon Smith, Tony D'Angelo. Yep. yep. Um, who else am I missing? Anti Ranta. Brady Shea. Brady Shea is another one. Um, so the Hurricanes and Rangers are kind of familiar with one another in that regard. <clears throat> the, the, this is probably, I think. The reason, one of the reasons why this is one of the lowest rated series is because it's one of the more lopsided, favorable. I don't think it'll, I don't think it's going to be as close as maybe the other series are going to be. Agreed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Which it's kind of a shame because I think Carolina will win. They should win. Yeah. The problem is that you have to go up against the best, 
one of the best goalies in the NHL right now in Igor Shosturkin, who, God bless him, the dude figured it out how to, you know, put it all together in the last couple of games to give his team a chance to get to the next round. It was looking dim for a while there for New York, but here they are. They get the opportunity to play Carolina. What are you looking forward to in this matchup with the with the Canes and the Rangers? Um, just I'm I've been kind of kind of like you're a Blues stan. I've been a Hurricane stan for a long time, and I just I loved how they play the game. And I was talking to someone about. Uh, this this pot com- upcoming series and the Hurricanes will eat you alive in transition and I think the Rangers are kind of a young team they tend to turn the puck over a lot in the neutral zone I kind of watched that in the Rangers Penguins game even just like last night just in the whole series the Rangers I don't because I don't watch the Rangers very often so I saw they tend to turn the puck over a lot in the neutral zone and with Carolina's pretty solid decor again one of the better defense cores in the NHL um and how good their transition game is, the Hurricanes will eat the Rangers alive. And you're going to see a lot of off-the-rush opportunities, off-turnovers that are going to go in the net. And the Hurricanes, you're right. It won't be as close as the other series, but the Hurricanes will still win. And unless, here's, again. I was going to I was going to ask you, what's the Rangers' pathway to winning? Is it just Igor? Igor Shosturk. And Panarin's got to get it going. He did score the overtime winner, but he was pretty quiet all series outside of that goal. And it's, yeah. It's, it's, the, thing we were talking, it's, it's the thing we were talking about earlier, but your best players have to be your best players. Absolutely, yeah. And Crowder's in. It's advantage to be good. Fox has to be a menace against the Hurricanes. I just don't think he's going to be. I just think the Hurricanes are too good. I think they're too quick and their transition game. I'm, I could rave about their transition game for years, but they're just so damn good. And they're so well coached. Brendan Moore has been to a cup. He knows what it takes. Some of these guys on the team have also been to the cup final, I believe. And it's like, Hey, it's very cock in the Emmy's been to a cup final. He has been to a cup final. That's true. Um, but no, it's like, yeah. I was going to say, but this is one of my one of my favorite coaching matchups. Sure, yeah. With with Brendan Moore and Gallant, I think this is going to be a really fun coaching matchup. Um, I like they, that. They don't like they never really coached. I mean, maybe when Gallant was back in Florida, but even then, they weren't really they aren't they weren't in the same division, and yeah. they don't like they're, they're it's. I, I think what these first couple of games are going to be is kind of a feeling out. Yep. I and see it. like, like I, I think we could see a split in rally just because I, I think they're feeling out. They're maybe not totally comfortable with one another. They're still trying to get adjusted to everything. And listen, as much as it's Colorado series to lose against the blues, it's Carolina series to lose against the Rangers. This is a series that Carolina has to. It, we we think highly about Carolina, um, how they built their team, how they've been, uh, yeah. you know, setting up to win. Now, uh, this is that year. Yeah. This, this is this this is a, a a chance to do it, and I know that they aren't. Carolina isn't completely healthy in net, um, but 
I think Anderson will be back for I think he'll be back for at least some of the series, if not game one. I think he's listed yeah. as day to day right now. And yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I there's no arguing here. Carolina should win the series. The Rangers are good, but they're not Carolina good. And the Hurricanes should should win it in six. And I think and I think even from the Rangers perspective, if they bow out in six games to the Hurricanes. I think that's kind of better. Like, if you're going back to preseason predictions, I think that's kind of better, or at least at best on par with how we thought the Rangers were going to do this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, I would have been impressed had the Rangers gotten past the second round. I wasn't really impressed. They're just, again, they're still an up and coming team. They're still fairly young. Sure, some of their guys are a bit older, but again, look at that third line. Like I think the combined age, the uh, sorry, the combined age on the third line is, oh my gosh, like under sixty five, between three players. Like the average age of the line is like twenty two years old or twenty one maybe. And like, and, and, and I was gonna say like to your point, like last series was kind of the Kako laugh coming out party. Yeah, almost. Yeah, a little bit. Like. Like they 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 were more impactful than Panarin. I know Panarin scored that overtime goal, but it sure felt like you know, maybe that's just eye test and not analytical. But it sure felt like watching it, like man, laugh and Kako are not afraid to put a shot on net, get in there and be. But again, those two play different games than Panarin. Yeah, which you're right. Eye test. You're right. Panarin wasn't really that noticeable, but again, he's a little guy in a playoff series which doesn't matter who you are it's going to be heavy it's going to be physical even if you have two of the smallest teams in the NHL it's just how how playoff hockey is but that's not Panarin's game Panarin's been an unbelievable perimeter player perimeter passer like he, he sees shit that I don't see and I can't see it because I wear glasses there you go like Panarin he's yeah he's a he's an unbelievable hockey player there's no doubting that He's not really built for playoffs, but he's a big name player that if he's going to help carry his team to win, which I don't think they're going to, but if they do, Panarin's going to have to play a big part of it. Uh, quickly, your picks here. I'm assuming you and I, this is the only series that we're going to agree on here. Hurricanes. I'm going to say six games. Yeah, I'm going to say six. Yeah, like it, it might be five. I don't think it's going to go more than six, though. I'm. I will say. Oh, I mean, fucking Alberta is 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 pretty hardcore. But Madison Square Garden might be one of my favorite home ice advantages in all of the NHL. Oh, you got kind of. You can't sleep on the storm surge though. Hurricanes fans are nuts too. See that, and that's the thing now is that all eight teams left have, other than maybe Florida have really good fan bases right and it's that yeah there's it's impressive actually how some of these southern teams like like even even not now that nashville is going through but nashville's got a really good fan base and again we've talked about this at length the marketability and how good some nhl franchises have been able to bring fans to the game and make their teams make it an event worth like i want to go to a game in nashville i don't know about you i want i, I kind of wanted to go after that series against calgary i kind of want to go see a game in dallas that arena looks cool yeah. that that fan base looks like a passionate like 
they were rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, like, I, I kind of want to go see a game in Dallas. It, it just, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's, 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 it's the playoffs, man. In, in, in all honesty, like, the playoffs are just, again, this is, this really is the best time of the year. It's, you know, start of spring, playoffs are coming. Like, the playoffs are the best thing in the world. There's, it, it, it's the yeah. greatest drug out there is NHL playoffs, Stanley is. Cup playoffs. Yeah, it, it kind of is. It's it's the best hockey, and sure, you might not have the highest quality of hockey, but again, it's the importance of the games, the the precedence of some of these games, and especially some of these series. This this might be, not going to lie to you, one of the best second rounds of all time. It's We haven't yeah. even started, right? You just don't know. Again, there's a possibility the, you, you, all you, you, four of these series go seven games. There's a possibility. I don't think it will happen, but there's there's a chance. You got the top team in each division still alive. Yep. You, you got talented play, like you got the best player. You you got a lot of marketable players out there still playing. It's gonna be fucking epic. Yeah, it is gonna be fucking epic. All right, Scott. Uh, I know I'm keeping you up past your bedtime, but. We'll do a couple of quick things here. Any other storylines from round one or the playoffs so far that you want to talk about or we should discuss? Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier tonight, but that Calgary-Dallas game seven was unbelievable. Um, I did stay up well past my time to finish watching the rest of the game, but worth it, absolutely worth it for that game. And to that point, I want to just shout out Jake Ottinger for quite possibly – the greatest goaltending performance of all time that I've ever seen, maybe top five ever in any competition. The, the flames were dismantling the stars on the scoreboard in possession, you name it shot clock. This game was two, two going overtime. And it, it was scary. If I'm a flame fan, I was shitting my pants like for half for that whole overtime because of the chances that Dallas got and just how the game happened and like how damn good Ottinger was. There were some, I think there was probably four 10 bell saves he made in overtime and it took a perfect, it took a perfect shot to beat him. I don't care. You know, guys got to be up on his, whatever point is it's a perfect, Goudreau beat him with a perfect shot, knuckle puck, right in the, in the uh, bright bar down. Like, you might you might take that shot a hundred times. You might make it one more time ever from that spot. Like Goudreau is very good. He might do it more than that. But the point is, Ottinger stood on his head beyond means, and he's the reason. He is probably actually not. He probably he is the sole reason that series went even close to seven games. It was because yeah, of him. He, unbelievable he was. Yeah, they had no business. The Dallas Stars had no business going to seven games. That team's thinks um i i like i think they have some solid pieces with you know jason robertson they are asking in yeah um you know hints is really good another big thing they were missing hints last night i think that was a huge loss that people haven't talked about enough um either way good for calgary they got it done but man did ottinger give put a scare into hundreds and thousands of flames fans, both inside and outside of Stadium. 
under probably the first round MVP and he lost. Like, he, would, he, it, he, you know, it's funny. Ottinger might even get Conn Smythe consideration all the way in the Stanley Cup final. He might. He was that good. Yeah. And, 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 and I know, every, like, that includes, like, the game two shutout. <laughs> the, 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 um, just all together, the dude was just really fucking good. Because like, I think he had, like, a 954 save percentage. He had the best save. Like him and Markstrom had the best save percent, like two of three best save percentages in the first round. And Ottinger, I like you say, it's at least nine fifty. Like dude was it was nine fifty four was the number. Dude is stopping like over ninety five percent of the shots he's facing. Yeah. In the in the yeah. yeah. He saw six. I think he made sixty four saves last night, which was a franchise record. Um, Calgary Flames shot record for a playoff game was last night like yeah i don't know what else to say like the guy was unbelievable and i think really good he's gonna get a lot of love as he should and the i think the stars are sitting pretty with their goalie situation because of how damn good jake ottinger is i think they're gonna be happy with their goaltending for the next 10 12 years I, I, I want to throw out a team I want to talk about a little bit. It's the LA Kings. I've kind of been on a little bit of their bandwagon the last couple of years. Like I've been, I've been high. Yeah, no, I'm talking about them. I know you aren't. Somebody has to. Um, you and I, I mean, you probably were a little bit biased in, uh, you know, your pick for the Oilers over the Kings. Maybe there's maybe a little, little trace, maybe possibly in that pick, but just a little bit, but I think the Kings, you know, kudos to Jonathan Quick, who yeah. turned back the clock to try and give his team yeah. every chance to do well. Um, you know, Trevor Moore, Trevor Moore is a guy who, if I was an NHL GM, I'd probably trade for at least once. Like that dude just seems like a guy I would want on my team who, who plays physical, who plays tough, who, I think he's even like a bit of a special teamer. Yeah. Penalty killer with, with the Kings. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the guy I probably would trade for. You know, Blake Lazat is solid. Like, like the Kings, here's the thing. The Kings were not going to win the cup this year. Um, you know, I don't know if – I think I maybe had them making the playoffs. I don't know if you did. I, I think they're a team that are still maybe one or two pieces away. They probably need to figure out a, a real legit number one option in that. Yeah. They probably need to figure out uh, uh, some, some defense. Like Drew Doughty's getting old. Doughty didn't play in any of the playoffs. He's got a shit contract coming up. He's on the wrong side of 30. Um, they probably need to figure something out there. But Kudos to the LA Kings for yep. you know make pu- pushing that game to seven or pushing that series to seven, um, playing their 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 hearts out. Carl Grunstrom, like I could go on about like the guys who I was just like impressed with this entire postseason. Absolutely, and again, Sean Dursey was another guy that kind of comes to mind. Very unexpected, kind of filled Doughty's role very well, and sure, there's a lot of bias here. I don't like the Kings. No, everyone knows that. But they, they were good, and they are – I think they're ahead of schedule on the rebuild. Byfield and Turcotte haven't – well, Byfield played regular season, but he didn't really play a whole lot. He played two games in the playoffs, and it was a healthy scratch. 
Turcotte has, even, has barely played in the NHL and he'll be really good once he's coming up and through the system and they're, the Kings are an exciting team and they're they're close like you just said they're close they got to figure out a goalie they got to figure out how to replace Brown because he's now officially retired um, also shout out just Dustin Brown for that for his career uh, congrats to him and wish him the best um, Kobitar is on his way out the door pretty quickly here too is my guess and it's yeah I, I don't know man like the Kings are going to be good in about three or four years just wait Roy Stetcher too he's still one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL yeah you know yeah so that that was that um, I want to do a quick little shout out on the Kings. Um, Scott, yeah. I think we have two. I think there's two options here we can do. I'm going to give you a choice. We can do a little would you rather because you and I were having some fun debates over the weekend, or we could do uh, a little news rundown and give your thoughts on news like Islanders got a new coach. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, maybe not coming back. What, what would you rather do? Ooh, let's do um, would you rather? Because I think okay. we can do that rundown um, later when the playoffs aren't taking precedence. I think that's the important part. We can talk about the changes and stuff after the after the playoffs. Sure. The okay. I like that. So here's here's this premise. Scott and I were hanging out this weekend. And we were talking about the Maple Leafs because they lost on Saturday night. And I threw out the question of, would you rather have John Tavares or Mark Shifley? Because Scott, mm, right. Scott's a big uh, Mark Shifley guy. So I think we both came to the conclusion because we included salary in this discussion. Yes, we did. Because Tavares, I think, has another year and $5 million more on cap than Shifley does. So you're probably going to take Shifley. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out three different would-you-rathers. Sure. Great. And I want you to tell me who would you rather have right now okay. with their current cap. Right. We're going to include salary cap in this. Bring it. This one is a fun one, and I'm going to start you off a little. I'm going to start you off a bit heavy here. Okay. Would you rather have right now? Yep. To build a team, Sidney Crosby or okay. Alex Ovechkin? Right now. Right Starting now. I've got to build a franchise. You're you're basically an expansion team. Right. And it's basically like the fantasy draft that you get to do almost. Dude, dude, I love Ovi so much, but I'm such a, I need a top line center. I need a top defenseman. I need a top goalie kind of guy. We can build wingers later. Mm, can't, I hate going against Ovi. I love Ovi. Um, I'm going to say Crosby just for the sake of building a team, but I don't like it. I don't like this debate. Can I have both? No, you can only have one. Uh, do you know, fun fact, who, yeah. who has more regular season points without looking it up? Who has more regular season points, Crosby or Ovi? Ovechkin does, but he has played way more games. It's actually not as close as you think. Ovi has 1,410 14, 1, points. 
Crosby has 1,409. Ovi has one more regular season point in their careers between Crosby and Ovechkin. Wow. And Crosby played how many less games? Like 200 less games? Uh, Crosby has played... uh, Crosby has played 1,108. Ovi's played 1,274. Okay, so it's about 170 games. Part. About two seasons worth. Ovi has played two seasons worth wow. of games. I, I thought it was a huge. I thought it was a bigger gap. Just goes to show you how good Crosby's been, even though he's been mired with lockout and injuries and whatnot. Wow, it's impressive. Second, would you rather? Yes. Patrick Line. Yep. Or Matthew Kachuk. It's pretty easy, Matt Kachuk. Yeah. Is it you rather have? Okay, I think I, I, I think okay. I want to ask that. I'll give you the reason why. Okay, I'll give you several good reasons why. Actually, Line is not a leader, and he's not a guy I would want to build my team around. That's a, that's. I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's just a fact. Line is as good of a player as he is. He's kind of like, kind of like a Phil Kessel in a way. He's he'll be really good. He's really good on a team where he doesn't have to be the guy. Okay. Where he's like, I don't want to say a 1B, but he's like the, kind of like the Robin in a way to a Batman, for example. Like he's in Winnipeg. It, it was weird because he was kind of the guy, but kind of not. So he didn't know what he was doing. Columbus, kind of the guy. He's doing good. He had a good year this year. So he's doing okay. But I really think Line has got to be, again, Line and Kachuk, two very different situations on their teams. Yeah. And that definitely plays a role. But um, I would say I definitely want Kachuk on my team. He's a better leader, better playoff player, and scores relative to all the other things that Kachuk brings, scores enough to make it way more worth it to bring Kachuk on versus Line. The reason I ask is both of them are upcoming RFAs. Right. Line actually made more than Kachuk this past year. Line's cap hit was seven and a half. Kachuk's was seven. Seven, right. Um, obviously, Matthew Kachuk had a res- not a resurgence, but people got to see how good he really was this year. A career year. Career year. Okay. That, that's a good way of putting it. And again, let's not forget too is that some of or not some of a lot of these like 2016, 17, 18 draft guys haven't really had a set of full seasons because they've had interruptions, they've had shortened seasons, they've had COVID protocols and shit to deal with. This is like for some of these guys, this is their first like I'm in the NHL, I'm kind of a veteran, full year. Let's show the world what we got. And this was kind of Kachuk's first year to do it. No, I like I like that. I I, I think that's a, you know that's probably the right answer. But I just you know want to see. I, I want to see. I just want to see. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, this one it's a really fascinating one. Kale McCarr or yep. Quinn Hughes? Who hmm. would you rather build your team around? Right. Pretty now? sure. Pretty sure we've talked about this one before. Okay, I can do another one. I got one more. I I I got set up. I'm gonna say McCarr, but it's damn it's damn close. I'm gonna say McCarr. Um, 
just based on the fact that he's a little bit bigger and can play a little bit better defense, in my opinion. But it's damn close. So let's do let's, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Sure. Austin Matthews. Okay. Or Leon Dreisaitl. Hmm. Hmm. Now, here we go. As good as Matthews is, you know my, you know how much I put importance on defensive play. And Matthews is good defensively. Don't get me wrong. He's not bad. I should mention too, I should mention, throw this out there. Cap hits are a thing. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. That, that wasn't really much of a thing with McCarr and Hughes because there was pretty, like, it wasn't a, like, a, I think it's like a million dollar difference between the two of them. Yeah. But dry saddle Matthews is a big gap. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And that kind of has factored into my decision. Um, dry saddle is my pick because, like McKinnon, he is severely undervalued as well. And dry saddle is, he plays with edge. He's mean. He's a big guy. He can skate. He's one of the best, one of the best passers in the league. He does not lose many faceoffs. He's pretty damn good defensively in his own zone. And sure, McKinnon's helped him a lot, but I feel like on most NHL teams, he could carry his own team, no problem. I think I would go with Matthews. And that's and that's here's the thing is that with with as um, I said off the bat, as good as Matthews is, he is so damn good. And sixty goals is nothing to be slept on. I love Matthews. I think I've gotten a lot of respect for him and what he can do. But man. Drysaddle, just, just such an like, just as a piece, as a player, as a guy on a team, such an attractive player to have a six foot three. Let's be real, six foot three, first line center, who's can kill penalties, lays the body, unbelievable playmaker, unbelievable shooter as well. It's not fair about that, and just really, really, really good at hockey. I'm going to do one more here for you. We haven't done a goalie one, so I'm going to do a goalie one. Yep. UC Soros or Thatcher Demko? Oh, my gosh. You're joking. Now, for context, Soros is 27, Demko 26. They both are making $5 million over the next two years. You're, you're, you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. Four, I can't four, four years for Soros and another four years for Demko, I think. Another after yeah. this one. Four years, not two years, four years. Um, Soros or Demko, you have to build your team around one yeah. of those players. Dude, I don't know. Like, I love Demko, don't get me wrong, but I feel like that's the popular decision and people aren't going to like me for this, but I'm going to say Soros. Um, just, uh, I don't know why I can't give you a good reason why I just can't because Demko is just as good and they're just, they're just different goalies. They're slightly different. They're still, they're both damn good goalies. They're both built different. They're both. Yeah, they are. They are. I like both of them equally. And I'm going to say Soros. I don't like it. Um, I'll just well, this is bad, but I'll just say that Saros's team made the playoffs and Demko's didn't. But that's that's my only reason why. 
if if it was the other way, Demko would be my pick. But again, Demko was unbelievable this year for the Canucks, and he was especially in the first half of the year, the reason why they were kind of still relevant in all honesty. Um, can I, can I share a, uh, a fun stat with you? Sure. So goalie point shares, this is how many points, uh, you like statistically, like how many points you add to your team's success. Right. Like how many points you um, contribute to your team? The highest sure. goalie point shares in the league this season in the regular season. Yep. UC Saros with thirteen point eight. Is one. It's one. Okay. Shesterkin is two. Thirteen point four. Drops off a little bit. There's a point difference with Hellebuck at twelve point five. Demko at twelve point three. Okay. Is number four. Markstrom is twelve point two. I could have asked you, would you rather have Demko or Markstrom? And really piss off Canuck fans. <laughs> that would have been a fun debate too. And then Kemper and Vazzy and Sorokin are other goalies with twelve point shares. So you know, I guess this means that UC Saros is better than Thatcher Demko. I guess, but it's very close, and those are underlying statistics. There's not like you can read into them as much as you want, but the point is they're both like I would say they're both elite goalies in the NHL. And either way you go, you're not you're getting a great goalie. That's just it. And it's we and we and we got a great podcast guessing you, Scott. Kind of co-hosting. Um anything well, you want to put very regular guest, I think is my title. I wouldn't say I'm a co-host. You're a creator who um I call and text because i am still trying to figure out my own sketch and still trying to figure out you know you and i are you know i can count on you to come on the pod course, you, 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 you 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 wouldn't uh you wouldn't blow me off i also run saturday selections for you weekly so yeah you're kind of a big deal um scott anything you want to plug or promote no um selections. i'm good yeah saturday selections go vote in saturday selections go um if you have any song suggestions, let me know. I think I've got I got lots coming. There's lots of good music out now, but um, I'll try to get some different stuff in there. And um, yeah, but yeah, go vote in selections. Go, go Canadian teams. Go, I guess. I'm excited for these second round. So, who's your bandwagon team right now? Is it Colorado? Well, no, Carolina. Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I would say Carolina. My bandwagon team. And as long as it's a Carolina versus Canadian team final, I'll be happy at this point. Maybe that's what we'll and, do next week as we'll, as we'll rank potential. I mean, I guess the second round won't be over next week, but once the second round's it won't over, be over, no. Once the second round's over, we'll just rank potential Stanley Cup uh, finals matchups. Um, I don't have a lot to plug or promote. Um, I'm moving this week for those who don't know. So it might be a little bit busy the next uh, couple of weeks here. Yeah. Um, we should be able to pod, actually next week's the holiday. So it might be a little bit delayed. I'm trying to get back on the weekly pod schedule, but I'll know more once I know more of my schedule. Um, it's been know. hard. We're busy watching playoffs too. Maybe we'll do like every two weeks kind of in between rounds type of thing for I now. And then from there. 
basically once Ian gets his schedule figured out, once Ian gets his shit together, yeah, then we'll do more. And um, you know, that's that goes for just outside of the podcast and SYP in general. That's just life. Like maybe you know, maybe once Ian gets his shit together, then he can go play catch with somebody because he brought his ball glove over to Victoria for some reason. There you go. Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, that's the pod. Shout out Scott for coming on. Uh, shout out again to Jevin, Left Side Heavy. We hung out with them again this weekend, so that was fun. And uh, we'll be back again soon. So we'll talk to you then. Peace out.